0: In grad school. I'm Kate. I'm Dustin. And we're here today with Dr. Max Hawley. Stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Max Hawley is a doctor and a professor. Uh, he's more of a philosophical doctor, just to be clear. Don't take any medical advice from him. Uh, so I'll give Max just the chance to introduce himself and talk a little bit about his academic and I guess his background at whatever you see, uh, however you see fit. And then we'll launch into our parade of questions, followed by our final surprise.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Kate and Dustin. Uh, and thanks for having me. So, like Kate uh, mentioned, I do have a doctorate of philosophy uh, in food science and human nutrition from the University of Illinois and Urbana Champaign. But before I got there, I got my undergraduate degree in biochemistry from Monmouth College. And then I transitioned to the University of Illinois, and my graduate research is entirely. Uh, the food safety of queso fresco, actually, and developing food safety hurdles for implementation in Hispanic-style cheeses such as queso fresco. After that, I graduated this past year with my PhD, and I actually got hired back to my alma mater, Monmouth College in Monmouth, Illinois, where I'm now an assistant professor of chemistry, specializing in biochemistry. And currently I teach Analytical chemistry, um, introduction to analytical chemistry, as well as advanced analytical chemistry and integrated lab, which is a lab course where I teach sort of a hands on methodology on using all the instrumentation that chemists have to use.
0: Cool. So as we've done with other uh episodes we kind of talk whenever we have a guest of like what's going on right now with your semester so um we're recording this the day before thanksgiving so like where are you in your semester like what are you up to and what are you working on
1: so the semester just ended for our school and what happened was we were mostly in person the entire semester um, we allowed hybrid for most coursework um, for the students who didn't wanna to come to campus and for students going in and out of isolation or quarantine. But for the most part, all the students were on campus for the entirety of the semester. So this is their first time going home. And finals week is after Thanksgiving break. Uh, so it starts Monday and it goes through Friday and those are entirely remote. So I, I actually spent this morning grading some exams and I've got a ton of final papers and data analysis that I need to evaluate for the students still, but... Uh, yeah that's sort of where i am in the semester
0: so like you don't really have that much to do what are they paying you for this last bit i mean like you did work obviously but are they paying you for the next couple weeks
1: yeah i mean they are paying me still (laughs) luckily it's very actually it's nice to have a living wage sometimes
2: what what is that like is that (laughs) is that a nice thing
1: Actually, this last week, I spent the most money I've spent on groceries, I think, ever in my life. And I had like a a moment of shock. I was like, I can't can't imagine spending this much money on groceries ever.
0: Oh, sorry. Fun giveaway alert. If you can guess correctly how much Max spent on groceries, he'll buy you that same amount in dollars of groceries (laughs) or really whatever you want. So uh, fill in your guesses on our Twitter or uh, send them directly to max at Holly underscore max
2: prices, right? Rules can't go over.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't go over So Max has only ever spent groceries in $20 increments (laughs) anyway. um, That's so that's interesting. Like you're going to have all this time off. Uh, But like all, obviously it's been a kind of crazy semester. So what are you going to do with the rest of your December?
1: Right. So I'm not really sure. Uh, I was, I've had a lot of the undergrads ask me sort of like, so what are you going to do on your break and ask me what my like, plans and everything are. And it's it's really interesting because I'm very quick to remind them that I have never had, I think, longer than a two week break over the last six years of my life. From work, like in grad school, i might, the longest break I think I ever took was two weeks off. And you know, or otherwise you'd take just a few longer weekends or sparse breaks, but continuous time off, I've never had longer than two weeks. And because of how the semester is being handled, we pushed this start date for the spring semester back even farther. So I have a seven week break (laughs) now, which is, which is just an absurd amount of time.
0: You didn't even take a week break coming into this job from your PhD, your like summer work, did you? No, I, I
1: rolled straight from PhD straight into this because I uh, was finishing up experiments right to the last minute. And then when I moved here, I immediately jumped into working on classes prep and making sure I had everything organized and developing lectures. So it's going to be interesting to, well, one, it gives me a lot more time and once we hit January to actually like prep classes for the spring, which will be really nice <laughs> because I didn't have that luxury moving into uh, the fall semester. But I, I guess I'll bake more or <laughs> I, t- I tell my students, I guess I'll play just an absurd amount of video games, just an, <laughs> an absolute absurd amount.
0: <laughs> what about sending letters and gifts to your friends?
1: I'll, I'll start picking up hand. Handwritten letters, and I'll start sending those out with like really fancy wax seals. And you should join
0: our so. needlepoint club, cross stitch club. Damn it! Uh.
2: You're out. You're already out now. <laughs> you can't. Yeah.
0: Stitch bitches me, it's it's over here. for me.
2: <laughs> return. Return the seal to us. You can no longer send things to people.
1: <laughs> what are, What are you guys doing for winter break? Like, how does that? How's that looking um, in I'm grad sorry. school right now?
0: We're not done yet. <laughs>
1: oh, dustin, okay. Dustin,
0: <laughs> sorry dustin go I ahead need to, don't.
2: i need to mute you sometimes kate all right <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i can i have that capability i'll mute myself oh.
0: i i oh, can mute you? myself
2: i'm just gonna cut it out completely from the, the the break is something like just like you said we don't really get breaks in grad school it's uh and then as a as a clinician like we people's problems don't take holidays uh their mental health is always a priority so we see patients all the time um luckily i was able to get some time off from my clinical placement so just a, like an extended weekend basically and writing dissertation all that good stuff so nothing it nothing stops and it keeps going. Tis
1: the season for writing, right? That's what they say about the holidays.
2: It's it's something now. <laughs> it's the season for sadness. <laughs> <laughs> <what> it
1: is <laughs> it tis the season to spend three hours writing three sentences as best as possible, right? Yes,
2: there you go. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Kate, what are, a... you... <laughs> what are you? Thank you for asking <laughs> Sorry. I I, I, what, what about you? You know, what, both of you cram it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Mostly I, the last like, so we've had Cornell last week was our first week of like no classes for three weeks. Um, and then we like pick back up and we have like classes and then finals until December 19th. Honestly, I find it a little confusing, uh, but I'm grateful for the no class time. However, um, now I have this like broad expansive time. And this I don't know about YouTube. But for me, the semester has really gone on in this way where it's been like, I either have I consider it it feels like a manic state, but the it it actually is just like normal functioning. Um so I'll be normally functioning for like a week where I could get stuff done and I get on top of things and I feel really good about it. And then there's like a two-week period where I just like it's so hard to get myself going in a very pandemic kind of way. Um and and it's I it, it only occurred to me. I was like, wow, I have this like I'm in this manic state. And then I was like, nope, this isn't mania. This is like how you normally function. And like, (laughs) this is just called regular productivity. Um, But I feel lucky to even have had that. Uh, But yeah, so I'm just like, this week I caught up on lab work and got ahead on some things. Um, I'm pursuing this like really exciting research project right now in a potential collaboration. And I'm super stoked about that. And so I can't say anymore, I guess. It's a secret. You should give thorough
1: (laughs) details so someone could scoop you. One of your listeners could scoop your entire project.
0: See, that's the problem with open science. Someone's going to scoop you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, We've talked about this. Uh, But yeah, no. um, So, But anyway, I'm very excited for that opportunity. Um, Again, like a kind of recurring theme in my life and uh, my research is... You know, I just have to get through. Sorry, my cat is just doing this through a pile of papers. <laughs> he's not even destroying them. It's like he's just like organizing them. And the sound is a little funny. Um,
2: We're going to have a new segment called What's That Sound? What's that will be that
0: sound? <laughs> it's always a pet or a child. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not in my usual recording space where you can hear me kick Mochley out by me extending my arm. And then you hear a creak as the door closes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, obviously, one problem is my distractibility. Uh, but the other problem for the semester and like in general is sometimes I lose the trees for the forest where I'm like, Oh, I really want to do this project. But I also like I need to do my stats homework and study for my stats final because that's the short term like thing that I need like the like building block. And I don't know if anyone else is like this, but it's a problem I know that I have. So I really have to motivate myself to do the thing that is short term seems really boring to me, even though I like stats and once I'm into it, but it's like getting over the hump of like, here's this thing that is going to be a struggle to figure out versus here's this fun study design struggle that I can think about and come up with fun solutions for. I'm bad at dedicating my time to the first one, Uh, (laughs) but yeah. So then I anticipate being stressed in for the next three weeks, but then it'll be over and it'll be time to write and be productive in different ways. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm excited for the semester to be over. I'm excited at this maybe potential of a vaccine that will, well, there is a vaccine, the potential for a dissemination of the vaccine that would lead to sooner in-person classes. Although unlikely, I hold on to that shred of hope.
2: (laughs) I too play the like, weekly game of is this depression or is this just pandemic sometimes I don't know what it is and as a depression researcher I don't know
0: (laughs) someone one of the undergrads in my lab I think is gonna like ask people uh about their memories uh for March and I'm super interested in like what she's gonna find um because collectively no one I know can remember what happened in March like March is just like a pandemic happened i have no cohesive or like granular memories just just sadness knocking things off the dresser Uh, (laughs) he's someone is it's actually just
2: meg in the back
0: it's just meg in the back (laughs) megan's in boston um but i also had a faint glimmer of hope that led to two excitements which one is both of them involved you guys so One was like, wow, if we have a vaccine, Max and I can watch the Celtics uh, win the NBA finals in a bar somewhere in the spring. Dustin, I know you have no interest. Uh, (laughs) But then also, I can travel to Illinois uh, and visit you and we could do an in-person podcast recording.
2: A lot. We could do live, have an audience. (laughs) Your first live podcast. That'd be wild, right? Yeah, I know. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, And I just like, it was like 30 minutes where I allowed myself this happiness before being like, all right, tamp that down. Uh, We have a long way to go. Um, Expectations management. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like things are moving forward. We're all moving forward. So that's like a huge bright side. But uh, I want to bring it back to Max, our guest. I wouldn't recommend it. Okay.
1: Okay,
2: and uh, we're done. <laughs>
0: Wait, let's wrap it up.
2: Play the theme music, the outro.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if that's our... It's not. It's not. So, Max, you went from a PhD student straight into professorship. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like what the transition was like? You kind of mentioned earlier a lot of work getting your uh, classes together and like your lesson plans together, um, how has it been? And what didn't you expect? What did you expect? Et cetera.
2: Well, and just like to kind of put it into perspective, cause like for psychologists, like in the clinical world, there's usually a postdoc that happens. So is this experience that you had of going PhD to professorship, is that typical or are you just so great?
0: Yeah, why are well, you? I don't so know great. Why, you,
1: why. Why would you put it like that? <laughs> um, in chemistry, it's in food science. It's not necessarily a. It is more frequent, and uh, a lot more people do a postdoc instead of going straight into getting a professorship. Um, I had a lucky opportunity and took a hold of it. I was. I didn't really feel like I wanted to do a postdoc, so I really pursued as many opportunities as possible to try and get in as a professor. And I thought I had some unique experiences at Illinois, developing my own class and teaching and managing my own course while as a PhD student that I thought might give me an edge, especially at smaller liberal arts schools, which was my primary focus, um, where I wanted to be a professor at. Since that's primarily teaching, like there's no way I could have been an R1 professor without a postdoc in any capacity. Uh, so luckily my, I was able to get a job um, because I, I think I would have a little bit of harder time having graduated and trying to get a postdoc right now or starting a postdoc during the pandemic or trying to get a job for sure. Um, it's, been, it's been an interesting transition. So like I said, I've, I, had a lot of, I felt like I had a lot of experience preparing a class and developing materials and teaching and managing assignments and homework and grading. And I got here and I realized, well, I have to do that again. So I have to re-put all that work onto my, uh, onto my plate, but I also have to do it for three classes. Right. So it was three times as much work basically. And, uh, well, everyone on my committee kept telling me that my first year is just keeping your head above water as best as possible. And I think it took me a week and a half to uh, be- to believe them because it really did feel that way, especially at the beginning. You know, I am pr- I spend I got into a groove and I'd spend, you know, a full day preparing PowerPoints. And then the next day is like, well, I got to prepare the next powerpoints. <laughs> so, and then, you know, you got to, pra- I would like to run through or practice them. And one thing that I think I have really become aware of, especially this year, is that although there are a lot of things I have learned through my chemistry education and as a PhD, we don't always necessarily remember the every aspect of it, um, all the different pieces. So for example, like I do remember equilibrium, dynamic equilibrium, and I know a lot about uh, acid and base equilibrium because they're really important for biochemistry. But when it gets into like solubility products, which is a special instance of equilibria, I was like, oh, I haven't done this in a very long time. Next next semester, I'm taking, uh, I'm teaching gen chem. I have not taken gen chem since high school. It's been almost a decade. Interestingly enough, I I'm not, I don't always remember what you learn in gen chem. So I'm gonna actually have to spend time relearning a lot of the basics, uh, which. Is interesting, and one of the things I always I tell other people, I think is one of the most important aspects you learn during your PhD journey, is the ability to learn, right? So I, and I think that I've really been able to utilize that and reflect upon that this year because I'm able to, you know, (laughs) reread these chapters, these heavy theory chapters, and develop these full lectures and these assignments on them pretty quickly. but I am having to learn things again and relearn things. So it's, it's been interesting in that capacity. It's, it has been a lot of work, and it's been stressful. And uh, yeah, it, unfortunately, I do not think I will teach these classes ever again. So the course loads I have this semester, and most of my course load, maybe not next semester, is for sabbatical professors currently. And oh, so they're was- going to come back and... To come back and take these over and so i might never use these powerpoints ever again so oh my you know, god that's, that's I, I try incredible. not to think about it too yeah i try not to think about it too much because i'm horrified
0: <laughs> well so yeah. there are two things i'm kind of thinking about in your response the first is something that i read this week so you said phd journey and it reminded me that i read an article this week about the rules for the Bachelor franchise, and anytime someone says uh, "process" instead of "journey" uh, for like the Bachelor process, like instead of the Bachelor journey, they have to re-record it. So you say "journey" and not "process." So um, I like your uh, sticking to the Bachelor rules in that one. The do you second, guys have
1: a rule on the podcast? Like, do we have to rewrite that now?
0: It's not a that podcast; long? it's an experience.
2: I'll put it in post. It's fine. I'll just try to mimic <laughs> your voice and we'll, we'll, we'll get it to work.
0: I'll just okay. say the process. Im- journey. The important part no, of the, the process. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the second part is uh, I was just thinking about the found out foundational um, knowledge and how that plays into it. Um, and how I think, you know, there's this point of like, it's a challenge. It's also very gratifying. I think Dustin and I were talking about this last week and like realizing how much you learn and how, how your skills are like a very specific skill set and developed and you spend a lot of time learning them. A relevant example, I was tutoring a seventh grader and I was like parts of the cell. I don't know what the Golgi body or the Golgi apparatus does. I don't have to know these things anymore, but, uh, it was just interesting to me. I'm like, oh, not super related to my PhD, but I was like, wow, they're just these things that you like. You have this building knowledge that helps you, like, if you're in like primary elementary, like your usual. Education, uh, American education system. Then it's like this is just stuff you have to navigate through the world. My brain's not working. But like in college, like that's the foundational stuff that if you go on to pursue a PhD or higher ed, um, generally, like you build upon and it's easy to take for granted and all of the stuff you know. But it's also the challenge of like helping build other people's knowledge up. Working with my RAs, it's gratifying but also a challenge to know what they don't know yet. <laughs> Um, and wanting to scaffold it for them is like just something I really struggle with, and I know you, Max, and you, Dustin, both like care about.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things I noticed this semester is, like I mentioned, I'm teaching this integrated lab class, and so it's a lot of students working with different instruments, doing these process, uh, these experiments, and then analyzing them with different instrumentation, and. What I, th- people thought that that would be one of the harder things for me to take on because it's, it's really hard to be an expert at nine different instruments. Like no chemist really is, you become an expert in one and you know how to use the others for the most part. <clears throat> so I'm overseeing this class and working on all these different instruments, all at the exact same time. And it, honestly, there were a lot of aspects of that that were almost easier because it was just solving research problems right? They're in there, they're working on the instrument, they're like diluting things and they're pipetting or they're getting weird numbers and these weird results. I'm like, this is perfect. Like these are the problems I've been trained to solve every day of my life for the last five years. Like when you get in the classroom, some of the things that come up or the problems that come up. Even though I've got some experience dealing with those, I have not dealt with them as frequently. And so, especially in my first year into these weird circumstances and these classes that that I'm not necessarily an expert in, or I didn't do my PhD in, I would much rather troubleshoot a problem in the lab space because that, that was my life. Right. So it it really highlighted that, you know, that's something I didn't necessarily think about a whole lot as a graduate student, um, but has really played off and been really helpful uh, moving forward. So
0: So what, like, you mentioned like that you like workload and keeping your head above water was something that like surprised you, I guess maybe the degree to which it surprised you. Was there anything else you felt like you weren't prepared for that you kind of now at the end, um, anything that like your first semester, like skills you've gained um, valuable lessons learned.
1: I did. I definitely learned some valuable lessons. And I think uh, especially teaching during a pandemic, has highlighted some of those, right? So one of the aspects that I've always tried to implement, I've tried to be very conscientious of for my own, especially in comparison to a lot of the other professors I've seen handling assignments and lectures and everything, is just an insane level of patience and communication. And I'm not even just with my students, but also with myself. Right. So there's, I like, I sometimes get frustrated reading some of these exam answers and seeing what the students have come up with. And I need to, and I have to take a second and step back. And, you know, one, I try and give them the benefit of the doubt. But then two, take a second and actually give myself the benefit of the doubt as well. Because it is my first run, right? You know, I've, as I try and tell my students, you know, I did student evaluations at the end of the semester and I told them, you know, I'm, I think I'm an okay professor. And they're like, oh, you're, you're good. I'm like, you're, that's, you're sucking up. I get it. But that's not the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're like, no, we think you're a really good professor. I'm like, that's fine. And I, maybe that's true. Maybe I am good. But I know that I have a long ways to go, right? I'm nowhere near where I want to be. So I need these student evaluations to be taken seriously. And I need you guys to give me real feedback because I want next semester to be even better. And I need next year to be better than that. Uh, so that's been a big thing. The other thing I've really gleaned from this first semester is sort of like trusting myself, right? Like I, I, uh, I know more than I think I do sometimes, right? So um, I, you know, telling, getting into class and talking about these situations, I sometimes find myself uniquely situated because I'm a food scientist. Right. So I, I don't I'm teaching electrochemistry in introduction, intro analytic right now, analytical chemistry. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> electrochemistry is OK, but I can read. <laughs> so it like a stainless steel pot. It can actually create a battery. And there's a current that runs through the aluminum to uh, iron in the stainless steel. And it can uh, in an acidic, uh, which most pasta sauces, it actually. Yeah, it's, it ends up doing the ions from the metal into solution. It's enough to able to, it creates enough of a con- concept of lasagna, which people know and can get, but like a, a weird situation for lasagna, right? So you take lasagna, this cornerstone, which most people know of its subcapacity, if only Garfield's hatred for it, and you tweak it a little bit, right? Because then it forces the students to see the world that they thought they knew through a different lens this different perspective and then you can start adding this additional information and i think it helps it sit a little bit better
0: i really appreciate that i was going to make a garfield joke uh just really quickly and now i'm thinking about a garfield and dexter's laboratory crossover that would be just amazing <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be very good
0: but i the, interrupt the you. other
1: <laughs> the, the, other, the other aspect where I've really uh, started to uh, bring, I started to trust myself a little bit more and make some decisions that were unique and I've gotten some feedback so I had to have like the department chair come watch me give a lecture um, to evaluate me for my first year because Monmouth requires us to do this first year evaluation process and check in with like the dean of faculty. And so she sat in on this instrumentation lecture where I was talking about isothermal titration calorimetry. And at the end she asked me, she's like, do we ever, do we ever talk about this technique in this class? Like, is this you? she's like, I don't usually remember the other professor ever talking about this. I was like, no, I don't think so. I just re, I rewrote the end of the semester because I like it and I want to talk about it. She's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. She's like, you know, they, I think we we need these new perspectives and these new things to keep the department interesting and." you know, bring these unique perspectives so we can solve different problems. And I was like, yeah, uh, sure. I just wanted to talk about it because it's cool, but I appreciate you finding this deeper meaning behind why I did
0: it. <laughs> that's uh, what you could use in the future is why you did it.
2: or <laughs> yeah, why, Justification as to why you should do something else.
0: That's why I tell everyone exactly, about puberty. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to try and diversify people's knowledge base. Not because I have
1: the, uh, the The other big thing that I've tried to really implement that I think has been helpful for me as a professor and that um, I think has been interesting is that because i'm new I'm a first year professor, I just left grad school, I still have all these really fresh connections with people I met in grad school, right so I've had a lot of students come to me with questions about applying to grad school and I've sent them to this resource that you guys have or i've passed along information and said why don't you guys check out this podcast and these this website and everything um and additionally i've been able to get a lot of because of the pandemic a positive outcome of this is that i've been able to get guest lectures with no, no problem from across the country. It's like, I've got these friends that I, I know from my department who are doing interesting things or did their graduate work with this specific instrument. And I know I'm not the expert, but I know this person did it every day for the entirety of their graduate school, their grad studies, right? So like, why wouldn't I have them talk about it? Like we're, we're friends, like this is great. <laughs> One, it saves me a lecture, but then two, <laughs> they, they get to hear, they get to hear an expert talk about it. And so I, as I mentioned it to my students after the first time I did it. I was like, I, I thanked our speaker and I, you know, I go, I I really appreciate you talking to the students. One, because it, you know, covered all this information, you did a really good job about talking about these, all these things. But then two, it kept me really humble. <laughs> and it it is really highlighted to the students that uh, you know, there's a difference between being a professor in chemistry and being an expert in this one very specific thing, right? Because I I'd given a, a lecture overview of that, and then she comes in and she talks about this instrument in just ways that I would not have thought to talk about in any capacity ever. Um, and I, I think that's something I want to use moving forward, right? Is like, I think having these connections and keeping these uh, bridges open is going to be really helpful. So.
0: I like that.
2: Do you feel like you had any anything like that in your either undergrad or graduate training where like, because I I like that perspective that you're talking about of showing students that it's one thing to be an instructor or a professor and another to then take it to this next level? Do you feel like there was anything in your training or schooling that that reflected that?
1: I don't know if there was anything that necessarily directly reflected it. It was it was more so a conversation I had at the beginning of the semester where so this class is basically structured where we're let's talk about the theory of all these instruments and the specific situations and I I was really intimidated you know going into this I'm like yeah I I know them but like I mentioned earlier I'm gonna have to relearn them pretty quickly because you don't necessarily need to know the theoretical aspects of the instrument to use the instrument outside of the one that you maybe you know the theoretical insights and outs for the one you use every day in grad school but i was teaching about a lot of them that i hadn't used ever um and so i was talking with the professor who usually teaches it, and she goes well you know you, no one's an expert in all of them i was like that that's right so she's like no one expects you to be the expert in all of them i was like you're that is for sure that's great what that's <laughs> I, I'm glad I would prefer no one thinks I'm the expert but i was but that made me think about it. I was like, of course no one is the expert in all of them, but I know enough people who are experts in some of them that I should be able to supplement this information and i I think one of the aspects from grad school that really highlighted this point to me is always the, like these team building um aspects of experimentations or these bigger experiments, right so in science you might get a person who really only contributes to the paper by running the HPLC. And that's great. Or, you know, designing the plasmids or doing the culturing for the uh, E. coli to do the protein expression, but then might pass off the protein to the next person. And my advisor always did a really good job of these experiments, building out the team and making sure that everyone had really defined roles that best suited their skill set. I think that really rubbed off on me in terms of moving forward, in how I look at building research teams. And I was able to just use that same philosophy to build out a lecture, a semester's worth of lectures. So
0: I like that too, because I think it's something, I think that was like one of my later or is still a continued lesson I'm learning and wasn't, I think, emphasized to me in undergraduate, which is like, you don't have to know everything. Like a big part of science is like asking other people and collaborating in that way. And it's not just being smart, it's being resourceful, and knowing that people are resources too, so I like that that's like something that you've thought about like and implemented in your teaching. Now your students really like you, yeah? Didn't one make like an account or something?
1: (laughs) Is is this what you want to talk about? No, I'm just like curious, yeah, we brought on Uh, the person
0: who did the like.
1: Yeah, my students, I think my students like me. (laughs) Um, they seem we have a good rapport, and uh, with most of them, I guess uh, they find it interesting that I'm on Twitter and follow my Twitter account, and I follow them. Uh, they they some of them have alerts turned on for my tweets, so they get them immediately. It's like within within 30 seconds, I'll see a, a like on my tweet, and that's or they'll come. To class the next day, and be like, "Hey, I heard about that tweet." I'm like, "You're not even on Twitter." It's like, "Yeah, but I I heard about it."
0: And they made an account so, to oh, judge okay. your tweets, isn't that? Yeah. Did you find out who it was? Yeah.
1: So there's, I know, I know who it is. Who is it? Uh, pr- pretty obvious. It's it's a group of the of the guys in my class, <laughs> uh, the senior guys. So there's a, there's a, a we rate max account, which just gives a one to ten score on some of my tweets. Uh, I think I got a 10 once. (laughs) Sometimes they're very critical.
0: Do you remember the tweet?
1: I updated my CV immediately. So
2: you have it printed out on, in your <laughs> office.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I think. Good. Yeah, I think I tweeted about needing more coffee one day, and they got they gave me like a four because it didn't necessarily go into the ethical ramifications of an increased coffee like buying system. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it's uh, it's good. Wait. So just another. <laughs> Sorry, but like. <laughs> Sorry, it's just very clever. Uh, A question about like our general podcast: Have you listened to our podcast or not? Really,
1: I have not listened to the podcast.
0: (laughs) This is the hot seat portion. I I send my, you know, I send my students
1: to it though, or my students' roommates. Okay, I, you know, I give them. uh, One one of my students, her roommate, is trying to pursue uh, psychology and. I said, you know, I don't know a lot, but I know some people and I know these resources exist. So if you need me to pass along an email or anything, I can. And, you know, I'll do my best to help. But uh, these, there's all these other resources like I, <laughs> you should ask them. Uh, so.
0: Yeah. Well, so here's the surprise. So I know you haven't been listening to the podcast because you're frequently mentioned in the podcast, and you're frequently mentioned in the podcast because I am We Rate Max and I have been rating your tweets. Have you really? Yes. How did you not know it was me? It's been so it's been so satisfying.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I had no
0: idea. Clearly.
1: Well yeah, clearly. Seems, uh, well, why I- do you have so much free time? <laughs>
0: i don't i (laughs) go ahead
2: she's always concerned about like whenever it comes up that she's worried that you're gonna see her tweeting something and then we write max immediately tweeting something afterwards
0: (laughs) so that was what i did and then i was like oh shoot he's gonna figure it out there were multiple times where i was like he's gonna know like this is so obviously me (laughs) and
1: then what did you, so what did uh, you give a 10? You gave a 10 for a dumb thing. It was a stupid thing. I never
0: gave you a 10. I have ten, I, <laughs> I don't swear. think I ever.
1: <laughs> Most of, it was so <laughs> dumb. I was like, how did that get a
0: 10? <laughs> Maybe we had been talking and you had been down or feeling blue or overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, better hand it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought up- I wasn't
2: up- sure how long you were gonna have this going.
0: I, I, if we were just gonna i'm busy this whole episode <laughs> i was like originally gonna bring it back later i wanted to bring it up and then i figured now is a good time um i will say I'm, the coffee tweet is the tweet i'm proudest of and this is why i decided that i needed to finally stop because a i'm busy and i have other things to do um but b i was already neglecting it and then c the coffee tweet was just probably my greatest uh, I, brainchild. My students love it. And just, my students
1: would love if you kept it going, but. <laughs> I'll
0: keep it going. I mean, I'll keep it going. I'm just going to be lazy about it. I also like, in a, I just, I have to brag. I'm just very proud of the fact that I, it occurred to me that I would only follow George Foreman and you. And that was just probably one of the original conception ideas that I was just like, it's good. I'll just retweet Max's tweets and rate them and retweet George Foreman's. How
1: did you settle on George Foreman?
0: Right? Because you could have picked a second Max, just,
1: right? You you picked George Foreman. It would have made sense if you were like, we rate Max, and you pick two Max's. No, yeah. I just it just occurred
0: to me. Yeah. That thought had occurred to me, but for some reason, like, I don't know. George Foreman was just an inspired choice, if I may say so. Um, and I don't know where it came from, and it was just uh It it just worked out um, from the depths of my I should probably be working on something else, but I'm going to troll Max. The greatest part of it was I was like, I wonder how long it's like, is Max going to tell me about this or am I going to have to be like, hey, I noticed. And then like within three hours, you told me. And then um, uh, the other best part is that I was you mentioned, oh, you told a whole group text of friends. And I texted friends separately, it's up for you. And I was like, hey, it's me.
1: <laughs> That's very good.
0: <laughs> this might
1: be your greatest, your greatest joke of all time, actually. It's pretty good.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, a
2: friend of ours. And there was, there was a weekly segment on here of updates <laughs> on WeWrite Max. Exactly. I think a couple, couple weeks at least.
0: Yeah, so I'll have to come up with a good follow-up prank. Rafe wanted me to keep doing it forever. Uh, I was like, how long do I keep it from him? And then I was like, is this bullying if we're, like, talking on a separate message about how gullible Max is?
1: I wouldn't say it's necessarily gullible. I just didn't think about it.
0: You didn't think it could be the one person who would definitely do something like
1: this? I mean, I guess. I just figured you were busy okay fair enough I, In- yeah, you know what off. i'm sorry for giving you too much credit that's on me
2: <laughs> i think you need to now let each like pass who has the the password to re- we Write max each oh. week or each month
1: Ooh, and, and you, you have to guess who it is do like, yeah do like guest hosts, celebrity hosts and stuff <laughs> see if you can get george foreman yeah. this seems like
0: a lot of work Okay, hold on. I'm there not sure if you knew this, but I'm pretty busy right now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I knew you hadn't been listening to the podcast, uh, but, you know, for all of you who've been following along since day one, since day we started doing this and talking about this, this is the big reveal, the season finale. We'll still have a podcast after this, probably. The penultimate season finale, the season penultimate the fa- Finale. I'm done. Um, what else do you want to talk No, tra- I
2: want you to keep going. Please. <laughs> <Watch> <laughs> Please, me this is intriguing.
0: Disintegrate on audio and video. Um, anything else you want to talk about with your first semester, Max? Uh, things that helped you significantly. People who helped get you through it. <laughs> People who relentlessly trolled you and didn't really help you.
1: Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, I'm incredibly thankful to like my friends, of course, uh, for being, uh, you know, helpful throughout the time because it is a lot of stress and everything. So playing games or, you know, just shooting the shooting the shit. I assume I can curse on this podcast. I have no idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is our our second explicit episode. Uh,
1: You know, and I'm also really thankful to the students. And I had great faculty. Um, You know, I was concerned going into this that. Going back to my alma mater as a professor might be weird, or I might be still seen as a student and talked down to in some capacity. But I think in a lot of ways it was advantageous because they just let me do what they believed I could do. They were like just completely hands off, let me do my own, you know, potentially let, let me, you know, set up my own demise. But they did just let me do what they believed I was capable of doing, and so that was really helpful because I was worried about that moving into it and the students were really great Uh, i had a i had a great group of students um, a lot of seniors and my my class of sophomores were great you know it wasn't always easy and there's a lot of managing i think especially this year there was a lot more managing and thinking about the emotional state of my students and i don't necessarily think The school or my colleagues had put as much time into that prior to the semester. And I don't, um, I think they're doing better, but I think there's always room to improve in that regards. But I think coming from grad school actually and being more, you know, of a mental health advocate or concerned about people's mental health in grad school really helped me transition this semester because it was just that much more important for helping the students succeed and, you know, being lenient. And like my previous episode talking about communication, uh, you know, communicating was was huge this semester. So, you know, it was, it was long, but I, I had a lot of great resources, great friends, um, awesome faculty uh, within my department and within other departments as well who were, you know, checking in, making sure I was doing well. And it was, uh, it was a good semester overall, I, I think. I mean, the students haven't seen their final grades yet, so who knows? <laughs>
0: Yeah, just to give you a compliment here. uh, Dustin and I talk a lot about like mental health and like having systems and people who are in power, such as yourself, uh, Max. uh, (laughs) But like people who care about mental health and are like thinking about it and it not just being like, I suffered, therefore you suffered too. And just like having talked to you throughout the semester and like phone calls and conversations. I've just been really impressed by how thoughtful you are. And like, making sure that your students are doing okay. And I hope every, I hope that's, I know there are professors now of all ages, so not to be ageist about it, but I do think like there is a generational concern for treating people with dignity and respect and treating mental health as a critical part of your uh, academic experience. And I'm just like really impressed in how you've made that happen despite having your own stressors and challenges in your first semester in a wild first semester being a pandemic in the midst of a pandemic, not knowing if you're going to have to go suddenly online or having students suddenly not in the classroom. So it's really impressive. Th-
1: thanks. I'll assume the compliment mm-hmm. was only because of a side effect of the Twitter thing, the we rate max, but I appreciate the yeah. comment, like you trying to make up ground on that one.
0: I would never. <laughs> that's how dare you insult my character in that manner. I take back my compliment. <laughs> Two out of 10 for that comment.
2: <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to rate this episode too.
0: Yeah. Ooh, good episode title.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and I, I appreciate you guys continuing on with this. You know, I, I know once Kate moved across the country and you moved to a podcast format, there are a lot of ways this could have gone, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm still able to send students to you guys as a resource, right? And I think... Uh, this is incredibly helpful, and I'm not listening, but I hope people are.
2: We're glad to have you on.
0: What an endorsement.
2: <laughs> I know. I don't listen to it.
0: but I'm not going to go to grad school ever
1: again, so just, I'm not really the audience. Also,
0: there you I, go. I'm, a, I'm a little insulted. You didn't think this could be anything but a rou- uh, rousing success. <laughs> Well, I just I'm figured just... you guys
1: would get busy and there'd be other things going on, right? This is this is very much a passion project from my perspective, right? And especially a year with a pandemic, some yeah. of these people people are putting their passion projects to the wayside. And so I, I mean not that they should, I think this is a year where you need a passion project. Very much so. Uh, but I think it's impressive, especially in the landscape for podcasts right now uh, that you guys are keeping with it. And you guys are getting, you know, pretty good reviews and everything and putting out a lot of great resources for grad- future grad students. So
0: pretty good reviews. No, OK. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I like have Just to accept
2: say... the compliment. To <laughs>
0: Thank Stop. you.
1: <laughs> Kate and I are really good at giving compliments, and then and then immediately assessing that the person must be not just, must be lying, and there must be something to it.
0: Yeah, here's a criticism for yeah. your compliment. Well, I guess we're just this,
1: turning it right back
0: <laughs> to an insult. Uh, well, no, I should say like I, I I think maybe we can transition instead of doing something. Is if, if this is old, very cheesy, you can just slap this down but instead of something that we're going to do something that we're thankful for because Thanksgiving is tomorrow um but this does tie in with my comment which is like this takes some time away from my schedule uh I love it so it doesn't feel like any like too much work but like Dustin has been like the primary driver and he's the one who edits the episodes and it's an incredible amount of work um, I am very thankful to for him. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna embarrass you for a minute. Um, and I also like Dustin has been just like the exact mentor I've needed for this point in my like academic career, and you know, obviously like life as well. Um, because he's juggling so many different things and doing them all really well. Um, so I just find it like unbelievably impressive, and he's made it happen and made the podcast happen, and so. I'm just very, very grateful for you, Dustin. So thank you. And thanks for like continuing to mentor me and helping me be the best researcher I can be. And I just like, that's really phenomenal. And Max, I'm grateful for you as well, even though you're second in this list Uh, because you've been my friend through like the transition and graduate school. And also I think we've talked about this before in one of our videos, but like Max was my like running buddy and friend and support system when I was applying to grad school last year, which was really important for me. So I'm very grateful for a lot of people in my life. But since you two are in front of me right now,
2: especially you guys. I'm really glad that we're still able to do this too. And similar like Max, what you were saying about this needing to be a time, especially for students to have that support and have that like, allow for those conversations to happen about mental health and support that they do need i think this is a really unique thing to do and that's what i want to have for other students uh both grad students undergrads or kate's cat as she shows us during me trying to be like nice he was like he
0: was flipping out and i just wanted to explain why my facial expressions were like not normal
2: <laughs> that usually happens back
0: to you it's true actually <laughs>
2: No, I'm thankful to, to have a space to be able to do this. And like these are things that I really enjoy and I think are underutilized or like just not talked about in a grad student space, um, at least from a lot of things that I've heard from other departments or other students that this needs to be talked about. And just like there's a support for this and either getting you into grad school or having you continue through grad school tips and tools on, on how to do that. And um, there is that hidden curriculum in a lot of programs. And I think some professors are a lot better at doing that, at relaying that information, or just like being that support. And it sounds like Max, that's what you're you're doing. Um, and it it's good to see. And I want, I hope that that continues for for others as well.
1: Am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to say something now? Or? <laughs>
0: It's our gratitude corner. I thought I already went, I thought I said, I was
1: thankful for, I mean, I gave a lot of compliments prior to you starting.
0: Okay. Well, it could be a fun thing that you're grateful for. Uh, Are you just
2: trying to skirt away from this because you don't have something to recommend Kate?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm really, I'll just reiterate that. I'm really, I'm really thankful that, uh, uh, for the students, you know the students were great my first semester uh, it's I mean, I made mistakes, and they allowed me the opportunity to make mistakes and learn from them and they trusted me at the end of the day that I was still going to deliver uh, you know a lecture worth their money that they're paying to the school right so and they were patient, and I think we all learned a lot. I hope the students got a lot from the semester, gained some different perspective that I was able to bring to the department and vice versa. So really thankful for them.
2: We do it for the students. Yeah. You, you can grad school students that, cutting that out. That's not going to be in it.
0: <laughs> I was like, I see where it's going. And it seems good. But then...
2: next, next semester, we
1: should uh, we should do a second check in at the end of the year. But it, you should have my students come and just roast me instead. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> get get yes. their honest feedback and be like well what did you really think about max
0: 100 percent. they can dm well, the yeah. you can we rate yeah. max
2: there you go that's it. it'll it just be reading tweets from that and then we've, we've encouraged what, listeners to do a we rate you can grad school but nobody has
0: no one's started it yet and i'm not i won't do it to myself uh <laughs> That's pathetic. The problem Uh, is that if anyone
1: does it now, they'll assume it's me. Right? If someone does
0: it
2: now,
1: it's like, well, of course it's Max doing it.
2: I'm gonna do it. And then just say the first tweet, this isn't Max, I promise.
0: (laughs) That'll convince them. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us for our Thanksgiving episode of You Can Grad School. Thank you, Max, for joining us. Thank you for following for my Frank. And thank you for being a great teacher and friend. Um, Join us next week or two weeks from now or whenever the next pod episode, oh God, airs. And that's it from us.
2: Thanks, Max. (laughs) Thanks guys. Take care.
0: Boom
1: boom 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 boom. Well, you can Grad to is on a vacation. <laughs>